0: Welcome to week three of a series that we're calling Refresh, where our hope is that in this series we learn how to encounter refreshing from God. I think more than ever after a year like this, we have definitely needed times of refreshing. It's been a season where there's been lots of stress and lots of worry, anxiety, pressure, the news everywhere, all of the things that are happening in our communities, in our cultures, in our city, and in our world. And so there's a moment where you just have to pause and you just have to be refreshed. And I love what the Bible teaches us. And I love that God takes so good care of us that he would know that we need times of refreshing. Scripture teaches us in Isaiah 44 and 3, he says, For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. I love the thought that God would quench our thirst and He would irrigate parched fields, things that need refreshing. And that's exactly what God does for us. And so we've been discovering how do we become refreshed with God. In week one, we talked how we get in the presence of God. We talked about time in a tent and how spending time with God in His presence is refreshing. Last week, Pastor Brennan Doss talked about we is better than me. How being with the people of God, in community with people, brings refreshing to our life. We say it all the time, that isolation is the enemy's playground, and this year especially, the enemy has tried to isolate us from being with people, and we need each other. Today, I titled your message, Go to the Principle. Now when you hear that word principal, maybe you're like me, maybe you have been scarred for life, maybe you had a bad experience with a principal in school. Some of you students may still be in school now and you want to avoid going to the principal's office. I'll never forget the first time that I was sent to the principal's office. I was in 7th grade and that's where we began high school. I attended a school that was high school 7th through 12th grade, everybody was together. And in those days, we had those maps of the world that you rolled down from the ceiling. You remember what I'm talking about? It was an actual physical map. Nothing was digital, and you rolled it down, and it would stay. Yet at that particular day, I was called to roll the map down, and instead, when I let go, it didn't stay. It shot back up to the ceiling, and it popped off the wall and fell to the ground. And the teacher that I had, I guess he thought I did it on purpose, and he told me to just go to the office and see the principal. I'll never forget walking down that long hallway. I'd never been to the principal before, and I was scared to death. I had all this fear. I had all this worry, all this anxiety that was just rushing through me, all of these emotions of what was going to happen when I got to the principal's office. Luckily, it wasn't as bad as I anticipated, but that thought of going to the principal was never a good thought. But today, I want to talk to you about a different principle, not a principle of someone in authority over a school, not someone who's out to keep us in line, but I want to talk about the principles of God, because the principles of God bring us refreshing. Do you know that a principle is actually a fundamental truth, it's a doctrine, or it's a law? In other words, the principle when put in place or once it is spoken, once the words are brought forth, they are binding. The Bible teaches us that God is not a man that he should lie. God cannot lie. So if God tells you something, if God tells me something, we can bank on it. It's a fundamental truth. It's a doctrine. It is a law. For example, in Scripture, oftentimes we hear things like, if you hear, if you listen If you obey, then I will. Oftentimes through Scripture, you hear, If my people will pray, if they'll turn from their sin, then I will. You hear things like, If you confess and believe, then this will happen. The principles in God's Word are binding by the Word of God, by the words that He has spoken, the promises that He has given to us. Now, often these principles happen when we take an action, there is a reaction. And so today, I want to talk to us about how to go to the principles of God. Why is that refreshing? Because when you know what God has said, when you understand the promises that are in the Word of God, that everything you need has been supplied by God Himself, it brings refreshment. We don't have to worry about everything. We don't have to carry all the stress. We don't have to carry all of the pressure on our own shoulders. No, we just have to go to the principles of God, know what scripture teaches us, and then begin to apply it in our life. So today, I wanna give you just a few examples, a few of my favorite principles from God, and then I'm gonna teach you how to plug into those specific principles, but there are so many in scripture that we don't have time to talk about today. And then I want to tell you three simple ways to begin engaging or activation principles in your life. How to put those into practice so that you can go to the principles of God. But I want to pray for you right where you are because it's God's Word that changes our life. It's God's Word that, that motivates us to go deeper for our life to be impacted and for our life to change from the inside out. So I want to pray that God would be able to do that for us today. In His Word. So, Father, I love you. I thank you for every one of my friends tuned in online today. God, I just pray over this next few moments that through your Word, God, you would speak to us and teach us how to go to the principle. We want to experience everything that your Word has for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I want to give you just three examples out of so many in Scripture. I want to give you three principles that God gives us. So, I want to give you the first one the principle of position. The principle of position. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 6 and 33. A very familiar verse of scripture to us that Cultivate. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. Notice that right there. The word seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. I love the word seek right there because it's an action. It's telling us to do something. It is instructing us to take an action on something. And it just so happens that Bible is teaching us if we seek after God, if we put him in his proper position, then everything that we need will be added to us. Many of you have probably seen the familiar illustration many times. I've seen it happen many, many times where someone takes a jar full of pebbles And the jar is an illustration of your life. It's literally the amount of uh, possibility and things that you and I can contain from within ourselves. It could be the span of our life. It could be a year of our life, maybe a month. Maybe you could bring it down farther to even a week of your life. And everything that's on the inside of this, all of these little pebbles, they just represent what we do with our time and what we fill our life with. For some of us, this may be uh, lots of social media. Many of you, this is Instagram, this is Facebook and Twitter. For many of you, this may represent some of the the fun things that you like to do, some of the time wasters that we all have. But this is a representation of our ability to, uh, to contain what we have going on in our life. But then there are other things that we want to try to put into our life that I think are really important. I think maybe we would all recognize, hopefully, that God would be important to our life. So we try to add God in there. We try to place Him in there. Hopefully, we put Him in His proper position. And then for many of us, we understand maybe the importance of hopefully your family is a big deal to you. And then I hope that for many of us, our church is a big deal to us. I hope that that's a priority in our life. And then I know every single one of us, we have to worry about taking care of our family, so our career, our money, and our finances. Hopefully, part of that is your health, that you are taking care of your body. You're taking care of yourself. And if you notice that when we fill our life and things aren't in the proper position, things can't fit or be contained. When this happens, that means something goes undone when things are not in their proper place. So what we have to do is we have to begin to reposition some things. We have to begin to reorder some things that are in our life because there's important things to understand about position. We need to know that position determines the portion of your life. It determines the portion that you can have. Position turn determines the priorities of your life. Position determines the potential that's in your life. So when things are not in their proper position in your life, you will never be fulfilled in the way that God intends for you to be fulfilled. That's why no matter how much money you make or how much advancement you have in your job, no matter how much bigger your house gets or nicer your things become, you're never fulfilled and you never have enough because things are out of their proper position. So we have to take these things and we have to reposition or reorder So when you come to a place with the Lord and you just say, God, I need you to help me reposition some things, you end up with a clean slate. And you can say, God, you are the most important. So we're going to put you in here absolutely first. And then you can say, my family, I need to make sure that my family is at the core of my life. And maybe the things that should be in their proper position you say, I, I love my church and I need to serve and be a part of a community because we is better than me. And then, of course, I want to make sure that I'm providing for my family and I'm taking care of all the responsibilities. And then I want to take care of my health. And then all the other things in your life, you're able to bring those back and you're able to fill those and there's always Notice not only did you have enough room to withhold everything in your life, but there's even room left over. There's even a little bit of margin left when things are put in their proper position. So what I'm asking you today is maybe in your life some things out of place. Is it built on the Lord? Is everything in your life put so that everything is stacked on top of your relationship with God? Are you seeking Him first? Because when you put Him in His proper position and in His proper place, then we begin to understand that everything else can be added to your life when things are put in their proper position. I love that Rick Warren teaches something. He calls it first. It's kind of a little checklist to know if you have things in your life in the proper position. He says first is, is your finances. Checking your finances. Do you give the first of all of your income to the Lord? Ten percent belongs to God. That's a good way to know if things are in their proper position. Check your finances. And then check your interest see if all of the interest of your life and where you're putting all of your time and the things that you enjoy, does it involve the purpose and the plan of God in your life? That'll tell you if things are in their proper position. And then you got to check out your relationships. Are they based on your foundation with God? Are they all moving in the right direction with you? Are they helping you grow? Are they helping you to be all that you are intended to be from God? Is we better than me? And then you check your schedule. You have to know if that schedule is showing that God is first in your life, in your quiet time that you spend with the Lord, in your devotion time, reading your word, entering into worship with God, who gets the best or the first in its proper position in your schedule. And then your troubles, that's a big one. Understanding that in your troubles, where you go to first is a sign of where your hope and your confidence and your trust is. When you fall into trouble and there's problems, prayer should become your first response, not your last resort. And if that is the number one thing that you run to, you understand that God is in his proper place. So the principle is is that when God is put in his proper position, everything else will be taken care of in your life. Why is that refreshing? Because I know I have a promise from God that if I put him first, everything else will will be in its proper order in my life. And then number two, write this down, is protection. I love this principle of God, that when He's in His proper position, then I know that there is a principle of protection. The Bible gives us some information in James 4, 7, and 8, saying, so humble yourselves before God. Here's the action, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and He will come close to you. Wash your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts, for the loyalty is divided between God and the world. Humble yourself. Resist, and then come close to God, and the enemy, he will flee from you. In other words, you will be protected. Your Father will protect you. Talking about going to the principle, I remember when I was in high school, my dad used to drive me to school early in the mornings and we would always notoriously be running late. I mean we were always late. I remember one time specifically we had gotten up and my dad had rushed out of the house and on the way to school we had actually gotten into a fender bender. Someone had bumped into the back of our car on the way and so the police came and we had to have a police report and so my dad is out in a pair of sweatpants and cowboy boots. And as we're standing there and the cop is talking to my dad, I notice that the cop is looking down at my dad's feet, back up at my dad's face, and back down to my dad's feet, and back up to my dad's face. And finally the cop says, Sir, have you been drinking? And my dad's like, what do you mean? It's like like 7.30 in the morning. What do you mean? Have I been drinking? And it turned out my dad had on two completely different boots in such a hurry to get out of the door and to get us to school He had put on two different shoes on the way. That's how we did it in the mornings. It was chaotic. And we were oftentimes late. And one day, my teacher said, hey, if you're late again, you're going to get detention. You're going to have to stay early at school before the rest of the day starts. And so, sure enough, it happened. And the teacher sent home a note saying that I had detention. And it made my dad mad. So the next day, my dad drove me to school, and he went to have a conversation with my assistant principal. And you had to know my dad. My dad was hot-headed, had a big temper, didn't always control it very well. And I remember sitting in the little lobby of the principal's office. My dad's talking to the assistant principal, and I heard my dad say, I didn't like you when we were in high school, and I don't like you now. My son doesn't drive himself to school. I drive him to school. He's not late. I'm late. He's not going to detention, and neither am I. I'll never, ever forget it. My dad, my father, he was taken up for his son because he said he didn't drive himself. I'm the one that's late. He's coming with me. My dad had gone to high school with the assistant principal, and apparently there was still some issues between their relationship that many years later. But my dad was coming to my aid. He was coming to protect me. He was coming in to rescue me. That's what our father does for us. If you resist the devil and you draw near to your father, if you stay under his protection, if you stay in relationship with him, he will always take care of you. But how do you resist the devil? He gives us some very action points right here, some specific things to do in this principle. How do you resist the devil? Well, every time the devil comes with temptation, you replace it with truth. Every time the devil comes with a temptation or a lie, Replace it with truth from God's Word. If the devil tells you something that you know is going to get you into trouble, then you replace it with the truth of God. The best way to say no to the devil is to say yes to Jesus. And every time the devil comes knocking on your door and you learn to say no to him and yes to the Lord, you are able to resist him. Listen, the Bible says humble yourselves before God. Humility is a big deal. It helps you in resisting the enemy. It helps you in saying yes to God. Humility means that I've put God in his proper place. You see, when God is in his proper position, when he is aligned, I recognize that God is the one in control, that I am not, and that he is above all things, that he understands everything. And so when he's in his position and then danger comes into my life or temptation comes at me, all I have to do is just back up and say, God, you have this 100% under control you're my father and you're going to take care of me you're going to protect me are you understanding the the refreshment in the principles of god that when he is in his proper position when he is in his proper place when things are in order everything else works out on my behalf and for my good and then when you are in his love in his care in his alignment of his position, you will always be protected. When you resist the enemy, you say no to the temptation and you say yes to God. He is going to protect you because the enemy is going to flee. I never spent a day in detention. I never had to go. When my dad left that office, they said, don't worry about it. He doesn't have to go to detention. My dad took care of me. The enemy will flee. And I want you to know that the principle of God says that you will be protected. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what your anxieties or your issues may be, you will be protected. It's an incredible principle, and it ought to bring you refreshment. Number three is planting. The principle of planting. Of all the principles in God's Word, this is one of my favorites. Look at what Galatians chapter 6, verse 6 says. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. The Bible teaches us that you will harvest, you will grow, you will get what you plant. The Bible teaches us that if you sow generously, you will reap generously. But if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. It is this principle that whatever is placed in the ground is what you will receive. If you plant an apple seed, don't expect to receive oranges. You literally get what you plant. It's the beauty of it. Many of us, we get frustrated with God or we get frustrated with life when it's not going the way we think it should go. We're not receiving maybe the things that we want to receive. We're not getting the outcome that we would hope to get. And so I stop right there and ask you, what are you planting? A farmer doesn't go out to his field and look at a barren field and get mad at the field. He doesn't get frustrated just because there's nothing there. No, he begins to plant because he understands that he has to plant something in order for something to grow. So he begins to plant because he intends for there to be a harvest. And God's principle is is that whatever you're planting in your life, so will you reap it. So sparingly, reap sparingly. So generously, reap generously. The Bible talks about it in our finances. We talked about it a lot last month in our building a bigger table series. That what you sow financially, you will reap financially. The Bible teaches us that he who refreshes others, will he himself be refreshed. What are you sowing? I love this statement, where there is a need, sow a seed. Notice if you are out in your life and you notice a need in someone else's life, sow a seed into it. And it doesn't always have to be finances, but finances are a big one. Maybe there's generosity that needs to take place. Maybe there is some kindness that needs to be lended. Maybe there is prayer that needs to be given. Maybe there is support that needs to be extended. Whatever the need is, sow a seed. Pastor Randy Bazette at Bayside Church in Florida tells a story of walking into a meeting with the, the trustees, a financial meeting at his church, And his phone rings right before he walks in. And on the other line is a friend of his that says, Hey, Pastor, I I need some help. We're in the middle of our building program. We're almost done. And the bank is going to withhold our last $150,000. And that's exactly what it's going to take to furnish the building so that we can open up. Do you know anybody that maybe could lend us just for a short period of time $150,000, because in just a few weeks, the bank is going to release it to us and we can pay them back. he said, well, I don't know. I'll talk to the trustees about it and we'll we'll roll around some ideas and I'll let you know. He walks into that meeting and he shares with the trustees exactly what his friend had said. And one trustee speaks up and says, hey, isn't it ironic that they need $150,000 and we have $150,000 in the bank. And Pastor Randy said, What do you mean ironic? Like ironic like that's interesting or ironic like you think we need to give it to that church? And they all began to pray and they agreed that God was saying you need to give all that you have as a church, $150,000 to that church. He said he was worried about it. He was just so nervous, but he was going to trust God. He was going to obey. There was a need, so he was going to sow a seed, and they did it. By the end of that year, they gave that in January. By the end of that year, they had three quarters of a million dollars in their banking account as a church. God had blessed them financially. Not only is that amazing, but a few years later, their church was given a $12 million check. Pastor Randy said that sowing that seed, not only did it produce what they had planted, but it multiplied. God has this ability to take what is planted, the principle of planting, and multiply it into your life to be a blessing to you. Listen, these principles of God in His position and the protection that He brings to your life means that when you plant, He will take care of you. These are just a few of the principles of God's Word. And I don't know about you today, but that brings a lot of refreshment. Refreshment and refreshing to me. I am refreshed when I think about all the principles in God's word that are for me and that are for you. So how do, we, how do we engage these? How do we begin experiencing and walking in the principles of God? Here on your outline, I want you to write this down. Here's some principle practice is you need to know it. You need to know it. You need to know the principles of God. Look at the scripture with me in Proverbs 4:20 20 and 22. It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them. That's important, those who find them. And healing to their whole body. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully. I love this. For they bring life to those who find them. Listen, if you don't know the principles of God and the promises of God, you can't walk or live in the principles or promises of God. This past year, Jen and I sold a rental property that we had, and we just wanted to get out from under it. We'd had some incredibly difficult renters and some bad experiences, and so we sold it for literally exactly What the payoff of the property was? We didn't gain anything. As a matter of fact, the closing costs were like eight hundred bucks or something. So it cost us like eight hundred dollars to sell this property. A few weeks later, we got mail. Like uh, we get lots of junk mail, like many of you. And there was one piece of mail from the insurance company. I get so much mail from the insurance company. Usually, I just ignore it. But this time, for whatever reason, I opened it up. And when I opened up that envelope, it happened to be a check for a little over $800. I was blown away that we had some overage that we had paid into, that they were now paying out because we'd closed out that account on that property. Literally, what we had paid out, God had sent back in the mail. I don't know why I opened that envelope, but I am so thankful that I did. Because that blessing that had come to us, I may have never known that it was available had I not opened up the envelope. You may never know the principles and promises that are in God's Word that will bless your life and be a benefit to you unless you open it up, unless you listen to it, unless you see it, unless you read it, unless you find the principles of God so that they can be active in your life. I thought this statistic was interesting that they say that those who attend church four times a month are more likely to read every day than those who attend less frequently. All of this goes together. When God is in his proper position, everything else will take care of of yourself. You need to know God's Word. Number two, you need to speak it. The Bible says, for the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. There is power when you speak the Word of God. It is active And it is alive. It is so powerful that the Bible says it literally splits the soul and the spirit. It literally can divide the sin in our life from the spirit that God wants to bring to us. It literally divides us and shows us when things are wrong. Speaking words out, the Bible says your words have the power of life and death. It can shape a room. It can change an environment literally by the things that you say. That's what knowing the Word of God does for you. Understanding the principles. It's like having a lawyer that knows how to speak law. Listen, you could be in trouble, and the first thing someone does is they say, Call my lawyer. Why? Because they know all the principles of the law that will benefit your life. And when you don't know how to do it, they can speak it on your behalf. I'm encouraging you today to know the Word so that you can speak the Word. That way, when the enemy is speaking to you, you know what to speak back. To the enemy. It's powerful. Jesus did it. Jesus spoke and people were healed. Jesus spoke and the dead lived again. Jesus spoke and water turned into wine. Jesus spoke and thousands were fed. Jesus spoke and the winds and the waves obeyed. There's power in speaking the principles of God. When you know it, you can speak it. And then number three, this is, this is incredible. This is powerful. You can begin to live it. You can live it. The Bible says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Man, today, don't just listen to this. You need to live it. You need to do it. You need to know God's word, speak God's word, so that you can live God's word. It's not enough just to know it. You need to activate it. You need to live in it. The principles of God are true. They're refreshing. Listen, God wants to be that the principles, wants to be used. He gave those to you for a blessing and a promise. And if it's in God's Word, He says it. And so today, no matter where you are, what you're dealing with, what stress you're facing, what worry you're carrying, what you have in your life, God has given you principles, literally binding They're laws, that He can't lie and they're a blessing to your life so today if maybe you're watching this and you go man I, I need those principles alive and active in my life maybe you don't even have a relationship with God with well, the principle of God says if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord he'll forgive you of your sin just confess it and he'll have relationship with you it's a principle of God maybe today you're carrying some weight and you're f- just feeling like you, you're going you're to drown in all of the worry and stress and pressure. Listen, the principle of God says if you'll draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. It's a principle. It's binding. It's God's Word, and He cannot lie. So I want to pray for us today that we would begin to live in the principles of God. Today I'm challenging you to go to the principle to be refreshed. So, Father, today, right now, maybe my friends are watching, and there's maybe one that would say that I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Well, today, I want to pray that we would say yes, that we would admit that I have sin in my life, and I haven't gotten it all correct. But, Jesus, today, I want to give you my heart, and I want to give you my life. I choose to put you first, number one in my life. Thank you for your forgiveness. And God, I pray for all of my friends who maybe are just struggling today, who are just going through difficulties of life. I pray that they would lean into your principles just to understand that you are faithful and that you care about them and that you love them. May we walk in your best, God, as we go to the principle. Bring them peace today that passes all understanding that would guard their heart and that would guard their mind. God, today we trust you and we love you and we thank you as you bring refreshment to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.